It's time to restore balance to the Pokemon universe. What's up everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast, backed by 120 Power Star rating, and the doors to episode 103 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me as always is my best buddy, Bryce DeWitt. Hey! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, E3 news we missed last episode. The uh, the controversy that's going on with Pokemon Sword and Shield with the lack of the national decks and some of Bryce's theories about the new Legend of Zelda coming out one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. Haha. <laughs> Hopefully within the next like year and a half, two years, that would be fantastic. But mm, that would be nice. We'll see. But I will talk more on about that because I've been looking into more stu- more stuff about it. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I since we we're on Dash Culture and you like did that big blurt about uh, what you think, I'm like, wow, this is actually really interesting. So I looked into it too, and there's some really interesting theories out there. And there is looking more into the trailer. There's a lot there, but yeah. Before yeah. we talk about that Zelda game, Bryce, over the weekend. Oh, my birthday, actually. The uh, That's exactly Cadence right. of Hyrule came out on June 14th. Just, uh, yeah, make sure you wish him happy birthday, too. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's late, but I'm sure he'd he'd appreciate a late birthday message, even if it was late. Yeah. You know, he's a good boy. I'll, I'll give him a head pat for every happy birthday he gets. Exactly, just like thank that. Thank you, thank yep. you. Anyway, Cadence of Hyrule, Bryce, you've finished it. You've done a review over on uh, dashgamer.com. I have, certainly have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly have. All right. <laughs> yep. Cool, me. Uh, so, yes, I've finished Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, I took my sweet time with it. Um, I noticed that, like... That's why you finished it on the first weekend. Well, yeah, I, no, I mean, people like... <laughs> yeah, pe- just, just, people yeah. like Dylan. People like Dylan ran through it in eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I did... I do mention in said review, which, yes, you should go check out. I think I did a pretty decent job on it at Link the very Link in the list. show notes, yes. Link in the show notes, exactly. Um... You can run that game, like, relatively fast, or you can take your time with it. I took my time with it. I went to every single portion of the map. I tried to do as many secrets as I possibly could. I ended up with most of the inventory. Uh, I did some of the really challenging sort of uh, beat-counted chests and such. And, uh, yeah, I ended up with about 26 hours. Um, It is... Not that it has much competition (laughs) in terms of Zelda spin-offs... Uh, but it is definitely the best Zelda spin-off. It's a fantastic Zelda game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the developers really thought when they went into it to not overcrowd it too much with um, Crypto the Necrodancer. Mm, I did like, notice that, yeah. They do They do have like their songs pop in from Crypt, which are really good, by the way. Their Crypt's soundtrack is fantastic. Um, but they meld them in very nicely. Uh, Cadence is still apparent in the game and has a role and that's great I like that Uh, and overall I had fun with my entire romp through Cadence it's definitely one of my favourite games of the year like very easily and I I know it's only halfway through but it probably will remain on the the top of that list for the rest of the year Mm. that's awesome Yeah, I remember like you said on Dash Culture when we were on there last week 
that you're looking forward to this more than you're looking forward to the Link's Awakening remake. That's exactly right. Which shocked all of us, but you know, <laughs> when you said, "Oh, you know, you've played Link's Awakening, and this is like a completely new thing." Yep. You know, and that makes that makes a lot of sense, and it's a yeah. really good new thing too. Like it's it's definitely not half-assed or anything like that. It's really well made, and there's always potential for more to be added to it. Cad- uh, cadence crypt. Always got free DLC and stuff like that added to it and adding more characters and all that. And Cadence of Hyrule has the same sort of uh, duck in, duck out that they could probably add into it and mm. sort of add sprinkles of stuff all around the map and, you know, really, really sort of add into it. So, I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes in the future, but from what I've played now, it's been a fantastic experience, a really great homage to Zelda's uh, soundtracks. Um, and I've been listening to the soundtrack all day, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a really good soundtrack. I've been listening to a couple as well. It is super but good. I've been away for the weekend. I took my Switch with me and I fit in about an hour of the game. I haven't really gotten much past that. Yeah. I started the Zelda and I started that route. And like, you know, you start off, you're like, all right, uh, you're looking at the beat, you're trying to go along to it and you die a couple of times and you come back. And mm-hmm. But you start getting better and better at it as you get more used to the game. And yes. I'm enjoying it, yeah. Yep. It's it's all a learning curve because obviously, um, I mean, unless you turn off beat based combat, which that sounds, uh, that seems a bit it sounds it sounds really anticlimactic to the point, you know. What like, do you do? You just walk around and just, you just go die, do, 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 just like destroy everything. It makes the game. Because like, you just walk into stuff, really. Yeah, is that what you do when you turn off yeah, the beat? <laughs> then you turn off the beat. You can just mash the buttons as fast as you want and just smash everything out, and it's not really that fun. Mm. It's better just to you know do. Do the normal it's like, game. It's like hey, you're playing Guitar Hero. You just like, just like mushroom buns. Yeah, yeah you, you've got no fail mode on. You're not. Yeah, it's the same sort yeah, of thing. Just, like you, yeah. you don't really want to do that. It, it kind of defeats the purpose of the game, and it's really fun on its own, and it doesn't really need any modifiers to be that. It's easier than what Crypt was, which um, I think is a great thing because Crypt, uh, Crypt, when you started off, like it is, it is much harder running into a boss in the middle of a um, a run is a lot more uh, dangerous than it is in Cadence of Hyrule and you suffer to lose a lot more in Crypt than you would in Cadence. But in saying that, like, I appreciate that they sort of did dumb it down just a little bit. It's not super easy in comparison to Crypt. Mm. At least at the start, do you reckon? Or do you reckon it ramps up to something similar? Or um, I mean, some of the bosses are a little bit hard to navigate, and they've got they've got fantastic names, by the way. I've got a I've got a favourite one. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's it's a German name of a xylophone, translated into his older boss name. It's great. Okay, it's fantastic. Actually, that yeah, a xylophone boss that'd be cool. Like you're hitting it and making sounds. Yeah, you you, you, you will I'm see. For, I'm looking forward to this. I, like as I said, I haven't played much of it, and I've enjoyed what I've played. But. You'll see. But the name the names always got me because they in, they obviously introduce every boss and that name for that particular boss. Spicy, great, I love it. It's fantastic. It made me laugh as soon as I saw it. Um, but yeah, I think I think the difficulty sort of it, it does seem pretty hard to begin with. But Crypt is a lot harder to start in, whereas this is like a little bit easier. It gives you a bit more options to toss around. Obviously, in Crypt, uh, you yeah. don't have as many items as you do in a Zelda mm. game to manipulate. Because when I picked up Crypt for on sale like a couple of months ago or whatever it might have been. I remember starting him. Oh my god, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot, lot harder to sort of get into. I think. I think it's really good. I, I know it's kind of uh, against the point to play the sequel before the prequel, but I think like if you do ever want to 
really get into crit, uh, playing Cadence is a good start because it does ease you in a bit. Uh, and then going back to Crypt, you stripped bear, you've given the basics and you've got to use those basics to your advantage and really sort of press out that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, overall, uh, Cadence is fantastic. I gave it a nine out of a, a nine out of 10 in my written review. Um, you should definitely play it if you are a Zelda fan. Uh, mm. It'll probably be one of the best unique 2D Zelda experiences we'll have for a very long time. Uh, I mean, obviously, like Link's Awakening isn't a unique experience, for example. So yeah. I'm not I'm not shutting that down in any way. But it is definitely, um, yeah, one of one of the best sort of games in a long time. That's a unique experience. Mm. Yeah, I like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to play more. Good. I forget it. This xylophone boss you're talking about. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so, Bryce, let's move on to some little news stories that have come out since the last episode. Nothing too big. Nothing too exciting necessarily but we'll get into them yep. so first off Bryce uh, in the uh, Nintendo Treehouse when they showed off Mario Maker 2 they announced that in a post game patch they're going to be bringing uh, multiplayer with friends to Mario Maker 2 oh thank god after the outrage that uh, we didn't actually cover this on the podcast either no we didn't because no. we had like the, basically two weeks where we were not doing news where it was like episode 100 and stuff but when, when this news come out I just everyone was outraged about it utterly confused <laughs> I was yeah, I was just c- kind of confused because like if if you're uh, been a Nintendo fan throughout the Wii and everything when they've gone online, you could play with no one but your friends. Yeah, yeah. and That's now exactly this, right. now this comes out and it's like you can't play with your friends. It's only randoms, mm-hmm. and that 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 kind of baffled me. And uh, I wasn't really that excited for online multiplayer Mario Maker two anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it'll be good, but it be, won't be like yeah. I mean, it'll be great. I think it will be good. Yeah, the mate levels looks like fun. At least what they showed in the direct, and yeah, I know like Dash and Buddy, and you know, like a few of our friends are keen to get into it. So yeah, for sure, yeah, and they can uh, probably kick. Well, Buddy definitely kick her ass. I assume Dash will too. I, <laughs> I haven't uh, seen his two uh, D side scrolling skills. So yeah, suppose we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually they challenge us to a uh, Mario Maker off. Well, we say that every time. Let's hope this one works. We ended up having a Mario tennis off at PAX. <laughs> remember yeah. well, we got our asses handed to us I don't feel like I played I think I just forfeited straight away and you played yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, like, then, and then I beat Buddy at Mario Party so we're even there yeah yeah. I mean Mario Party's the real test of skill here let's not get too carried away hey I won Mario. most of the mini games that's a pretty decent test of skill no no I'm being serious <laughs> being serious very skillful especially the new one yeah very- our, fir- our first game together of Mario Party totally didn't end in a Wario that had literally moved like five spaces the entire game winning because of uh, reward stars. That was hilarious. No, oh, that was stupid. If we were reviewing the game, putting a score on it, that would just like, we don't have to play anymore. We know what this game is. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit out of 10. Yeah, exactly. That was something. Like, it just had to be Wario as well. Yeah. Had to be had to be at least Wario while Luigi just really trolls. Of course. <laughs> uh, so, Animal Crossing, new game, New Horizons, coming out next year. Beautiful. March 20th was the most talked about Nintendo game at E3 2018. Certainly was. 19, sorry. Yeah. And some ways that isn't a surprise. We know how big Animal Crossing is. We know how well it's uh, it went on the 3DS. And, and how long people have been waiting. Been waiting since 2013. Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be seven years between Animal Crossing games. Yep. By the time it comes out next year. I think it came out about roughly the same time last year. Yep. I mean, last time, if not a bit later in the year. I feel like it was... July or April? Actually, uh, we went to Avcon, yeah, so it was, it was yeah, June-ish. Yeah. It was June-ish, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. 
It was like uh, July-ish, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, June-ish, June-ish is July-ish, so that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we've had the Breath of the Wild sequel being announced there and everything. That was like Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called. It was only a little bit less than uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah. Which was uh, interesting because in some ways you're like, oh, you'll think there'll be more Zelda talk, but there wasn't really that much shown for Zelda. Mm-hmm. It was only the one trailer. There was really nothing else to go off of. Yeah. It did cut the close margin though. Mm. And then it was uh, the Super Smash Bros. characters, then Pokemon, then Luigi's Mansion, <laughs> and then uh, Fire Emblem. I'd say Pokemon's probably most talked about, just not in a positive light. Mm. Yeah. So, but in saying that, I do think uh, it is strange to see Pokemon not up there a little bit more. But I guess it had the all the chatter was in you know, the week before with like the big direct show. Yeah, and everything. yeah. The yeah. excitement was then. Then like these other games are shown now, so the excitement's about them. But yep, exactly mm. right. Yeah, yeah. And like obviously, Banjo Kazooie was a huge talk of the, the Ooh, week. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Andrew! Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, another one, N- Nintendo says that Animal Crossing New Horizons will not be compatible with cloud backups to avoid manipulating time. Yep. Do you want to add the other story into this one as well? Because it kind of makes sense to talk about it all as one. Yeah, so Mr. Rossetti lost his job. Yeah. Because yeah. there's auto-saves in the game. Uh, for those who don't play Animal Crossing, Mr. Rossetti is basically an angry mole character and every time you turn off the game without saving the next time you boot up the game he'll turn up and he'll tell you off for not saving gives you a verbal bashing yeah he gives you a verbal bashing and basically your punishment for not saving is just to talk and talk and talk and talk five minutes at least it takes if, about, you're, if you're mashing yeah if, if you're just mashing and it takes about five minutes to get through his dialogue because he's just going off about how bad you are for not saving and that's basically <laughs> your punishment for not saving the game yeah to try and to so if you're playing the game, it's like, all right, I've got to save because I don't want to turn it on and spend five minutes of my life mashing away at this buddy mole who comes up in front of my house. Yep. But now with the autosave feature, there's no way you can stuff up and Mr. Rossetti won't be the uh, the big mean man anymore. No, exactly right. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's good to see that there's an autosave feature coming to the game and it's good to uh, see that maybe he'll get... Like, he won't be gone from the game. He'll have another job. It'll be interesting to see what his other role is in the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd have to be a miner of some kind, right? Maybe. Maybe there's like a new ore mining thing you can do when Mr. Rossetti's in charge of that. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. That'd knows? be cool. That'd be cool doing stones yeah. as well as fish. And it's important bugs. to notice the main reason he's lost his job is because of that autosave. Mm. Yeah. So, like, I guess... Uh, Poor Mr. Cloud- Rossetti. Well, cloud saves, cloud saves not being in Animal Crossing forces you to trust in autosave to do the right thing so there's no point in him like if if for whatever reason uh cloud saving wasn't animal crossing i'd imagine he would keep his original job and he'd be like hang on something's not right from the cloud save and reverting your save and all that stuff i'd imagine Mm. there'd be something there'd be something they'd be able to do with that but because there's no cloud saves the autosaving has killed his job yeah so how do you feel about no cloud saves in the game obviously it's another one of the games which uh enters the uh the uh, no compatibility with the save feature. I, I, I mean, I get it. Animal Crossing has always been against save scumming. Always, like since the test of time. Yeah, because I like it is a, it is a thing that's will make it incredibly easy. To, like if you've got all these items, and someone's like, "Can I have them all?" You're like, "Yeah, give them all." Delete save, bring it down again. Bam. Yeah. Then yeah. you can just like clone items. It'll be incredibly easy. But yeah, they want you to they want you to play the game and earn the items mm. and not buy it and. You know, mm. then just 
It's yeah. just the same with Pokemon Let's Go. You'll be cloning Pokemon and that. But regardless, it is still annoying that you can't use this because Animal Crossing is another one of those games where you're like, you know, your save's precious. It's so personal to you, your village, your items, everything. And for the for the honest people, for the people that wouldn't uh, use it for doing the wrong thing, it's just it's annoying because you've, you've got something you're paying for and you've got something you'd like to back up and keep hopefully forever in case your switch dies or anything and you can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Especially yeah. like for us looking for probably new switches in 2020 when there's going to be new ones out, uh, the save, the cloud save thing is going to be a lot easier to move those save data over yeah. to your new console. Kind of makes me wonder if they'll release a tool like they did for Wii to Wii U. Well, that it does it does have that. You can um do that currently with a... Uh, can you? The Switches. They brought it out like not long after launch. So you can you can do oh, it. Oh, I don't... Yeah, see. Well, I've never had to, so... I, I haven't either. But, you know, if you trade your Switch in or something, it's going to be make it incredibly harder than it has to be. Whereas if you get a PlayStation or Xbox, literally with the Xbox, it's incredibly easy. It just automatically does it. Yeah. Just pulls it down when you log in. Yeah. Like exactly it doesn't, right, doesn't yeah. even have to download anything, whereas on the Switch you do. But Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's, got, it's kind of a non-issue for... Whatever, it's like, it sucks, it's annoying, but for Animal Crossing, you can especially see why you can't argue against it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I understand it, but... Oh, well, I guess we kind of just have to go with the cards we're dealt. Yes. Poor Mr. Rossetti. Hope he finds his feet soon, because I've never seen his feet. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so, an MPD analyst, Matt uh, Piscatella expects Nintendo to finish 2019 as the year's top-selling software publisher. And just for the sheer amount of top-quality games coming from Nintendo, it isn't that surprising necessarily. No, no. Like, obviously, we're Nintendo fans. We look at these games. These are the games we're probably most excited for in the year. So, you know, of course, we're buying them and other people might not be in for every single one. But just with... Just looking at the lineup, you've got Pokemon alone, you've got Luigi's Mansion, you've got Fire Emblem, you've got these multiple games which has got they're going to be big sellers at least for like uh, the Switch uh, audience. So, uh, so this is an article from my Nintendo News. MPD analyst Mac Pescatella has given some uh, post E3 predictions for the rest of 2019. Pescatella says that Nintendo backed up its current position as market leader with. Uh, a targeted blast of upcoming content that will likely solidify solidify <laughs> wouldn't come off my tongue uh, for it uh, at least for the next 18 months if not longer Pescatella also called the Nintendo Switch the most important piece of video game hardware in the market right now yes so that's that story I'd like to think so <laughs> um, I mean I mean for right now um you know, obviously the PlayStation 4, the market leader, but yeah. that's coming to its end. Uh, well, before the PS5 comes out, you know, presumably next year, if everything's on track for them. Yeah. The PS, you know, the PS4 is going to be probably slowly weaning off for another three years or that, just because how successful it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, the Switch is in its prime right now, and that's where a lot of uh, attention's but, on at the moment. I mean, we've got a lot of games foreseeable in the future as well, and they're big titles, and they've we've already got them on the cards. You know. Just, just thinking like alone. We've got Metroid Prime that'll probably be near the end of its life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Zelda in, in a year or two. At this point, uh, we've still got Bayonetta three. There'll you know. be another Mario game pop up 
soonish. Yeah, they've they've got a lot of games on the back end where they're just like, all right, time to start slowly developing in this and push it out and get the announcements like we did with Breath of the Wild Two. Like it's obvious with Breath of the Wild Two, they've been thinking on it for a while enough to make a teaser trailer. Hmm. Um, and judging by what has been in old concept art. And what is being shown in this trailer, it actually seems like it could sort of line up that the concept that they didn't use in Breath of the Wild is uh, are going to be used in Breath of the Wild 2. Hmm. So, and I mean, I'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah. so that game will come up relatively quick. That's meant to be like a game in between that stuff like Bayonetta 3 and Metroid Prime uh, 4. Hmm. That's meant to be one of their big bangers. So yeah. it's obvious why they're making it. Um, and then, yeah, again, probably a new Mario in there somewhere. Mario Odyssey was wildly successful Mario Kart 9 will come out surely within uh, the Switch's lifetime we're not going to be stuck with Mario Kart 8 forever I don't think Um, yeah probably not no I don't think we will because every Nintendo has had its own unique Mario Kart Mm. pretty much yeah it'd be interesting to see how Nintendo views it whether Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is like yeah like we made a great Mario Kart and it sold you know it sold as well as it could on Wii U but a lot of people missed out on it so on Switch, it is pretty much the Mario Kart for Switch, or they view it as just like, oh, this will hold you over. We're not going to be making Mario Kart for a while because we've got other priorities at the moment. That's what I think it's come down to. Mm. But Mario Kart 9 will see release on Switch before the life of it ends. Um, I mean, I'm not against a new Mario Kart. Definitely not no, against no, it. No, 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 <laughs> neither am I. Mario Kart 8 is great, but I'm starting to slowly drain and wean off of it, and I'm kind of losing my, you know, my gears for it. Because be- <laughs> I've bought it twice. You know, yeah, yeah, I bought it twice. Been, we've been playing it for years. You know, mm. Mario Kart Nine's due. I'll be, I'll be honest. I still haven't gotten sick of Mario Kart. I know you haven't. I, I love that game. I but think for they, me, for me. they made it so good. Like the Mario Kart Nine with eight already on the platform, they're going to have to do something a bit different, aren't they? They're going to have to. I don't know. Well, what are they going to do? Because obviously, you got so much content in Mario Kart Eight along with the DLC packaged in. Uh, you know, they 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 like putting things in like you know they do like oh there's gliders in this iteration or there's a there's zero gravity in this one are they going to have to you reckon they're going to come up with something a bit uh, bit different and new to- we might see Mario Mario Diddy Kong Racing type type of oh, uh, deal <laughs> please no <laughs> why not Mario, Diddy Kong Racing was great what the fuck are you on about yeah it's alright it was really good and I think like if Mario did it they could do it really well and have like a proper adventure mode and stuff and then. You know, I, I think it could work. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, obviously, oh. obviously, CTR is out this week. Crash Team Racing's out this week. It did a very similar thing, just with less vehicles. So I'm not against adventure mode. I just when you no. said Diddy Kong Racing, you know, it's fine. It's Diddy Kong Racing's fine. It's fine. It's a good game. It's a good game. It is a good game. It's a good game. Had a really good re-release on the on the DS too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Don't just you worry. with no banjo. I used to. I, I love the touchscreen controls on that one. It's good. <laughs> no, no, no. I got nothing against City Con Racing. Just putting it out there. I'm just yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think I just think if they do do something extravagant, then I mean, you know, it'll probably be to that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. They probably have to offer something a little bit more than just here's a Mario Kart because they do have mm-hmm. Mar- they do have their own Mario Kart to compete with. Yeah, literally, <laughs> they literally have to. So yeah, yeah. But um, as as for the analytics of the next year and a half, yes, I I 100 understand why. Uh, Xbox was pretty bare barons for this year in general. Um, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff coming out next year on Xbox, but not much at all. Um, with PlayStation, what have we got this year? We've got Last of Us Two. We've just had Days Gone. No Last of Us Two. 
Just no um, Last of Us two this year. Death Stranding's uh, slated for November. That's, well, there you go. That's as far that's, as first first party PlayStation stuff go. goes. That, that's two titles. Yeah, right. And that's going to carry the console for the rest of the year. Um, Days Gone was eh, reception. Like I feel like there was a bunch of people that really liked it. And there was a bunch of people that were just like Ugh, pretty what? divisive. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and Death Stranding could go fucking anywhere. Yeah, who knows? Who like who it, knows with that game? I'll be picking it up, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a game that's like I don't know what I'm getting into, but that's kind of why I'm intrigued and I want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it just doesn't come out to like some bullshit later on down the line where it just ends up like what happened with Metal Gear Survive. I know that it wasn't done oh, by. I, I know that wasn't. <laughs> I know that wasn't done by Kojima, but it's just sort of like thinking of like weird properties made by Kojima not going right. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a bit different, but yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll... Well, I mean, it, it's so different to the point that we have no fucking idea what's going on and we haven't known about what's going on for two years. Like... It's a third-person game when you're going around with a... And you swallow babies for some reason that are down your esophagus. Oh, well, no shit. It's pretty self-explanatory, bros. It's fucking weird. Like... And <laughs> I know it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, yes, move on. <laughs> This wasn't actually in the uh, in our sort of run of show, but I did uh, see an article uh, not long after E3 that because with uh, the producer from um, Platinum Games, but the reason you haven't heard much about, about, about Bayonetta 3 is because of Astral Chain. Like of course. They're pushing that at the moment. It's like, oh, that, of course, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Once Astral Chain's out and it's had a, bit of, had a bit of a spotlight, that's when Bayonetta 3 will kick in. Mm. And I mean, that's fine because I'm really, t- I'm really hyped for Astral Chain. Yeah, I am and too. Looks great. Like... A new IP from Platinum. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Beautiful. Like, I, lo- I love a lot of their sort of unique IPs. you got Vanquish, Bayonetta, etc. You know, Vanquish is a wicked game. Mm. I wish that would come back in some form, but I know it's not going to. Mm. Vanquish. So, this is a real quick one, Bryce. Uh, in China, Donkey Kong Country Returns is coming to the NVIDIA Shield. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know, Nintendo's basically experimenting with the Chinese market on the Nvidia Shield with uh, basically old Wii games because they don't have their uh, hardware out there yet. I think uh, we did a story not long ago that like they were planning on it. They're pushing on it. Yeah, They're pushing on it. But at the moment, with sort of China's weird laws with video games and all this type of thing, uh, they're putting their games through Nvidia Shield onto there. So exactly. Yeah. This joins Super Mario Galaxy and the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess as uh, one of the games you can play on there. Yeah. So, so uh, put those three games on Switch as well. That'd be great. Yeah. Love Mario Galaxy and uh, Twilight Princess on my Switch, which is running on pretty much similar hardware, the same chip as this uh, thing here. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, last little bit of news here, Bryce. Uh, Xbox... Xbox boss. <laughs> Xbox boss. <laughs> Phil Spencer... Spence talks, talks Nintendo and Game Pass on Nintendo Switch. So, Phil Spencer, he went on the Giant Bomb sort of wrap-up show they do every year. They do, like, nightly uh, podcasts or videos they put out. And each one goes for, like, four hours long. Yep. I've got mine. I've got it downloaded at the moment on my phone, but I haven't gone around to listening to it. It's, like, literally half a day to <laughs> yeah. listen through, through yeah, it. Exactly. But yeah. they're usually, like, really not cool, chilled-out, candid talks with just, like, industry people. Yep. And Phil Spencer goes on there each year and just basically sits back and just talks and... Chills! Um... So he, they asked him about uh, whether they want, whether they're going to put Games Pass on other consoles, including Nintendo Switch. And this was what Phil Spencer had to say. I've said over over time, I would like to take 
Game Pass everywhere. Everyone, saw, I saw everyone joke. I'll put Game Pass on the toaster if I could. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> We're focusing on the streaming side, at least on Android, just because in some ways it's harder for us to become. Uh, just be, where have I gone? Just because in some ways it's the hardest for us because it's so diverse in t- terms of the number of devices. I love the role that Nintendo plays in the industry. I love that Minecraft Dungeons was announced there and we have a really good relationship with them and obviously Banjo and Smash. But other platform, but that platform is so different enough from the Xbox platform that it's not just a trivial, just not just trivial, trivial for us to say, okay, all of those games will run there. So then you're like, okay, so are we going to stream the games there? I love... I love what Switch is, but that opportunity globally to focus on an Android platform is just so much... Sorry, God, I'm lost what I'm saying here. Uh, Android platform is just such a natural first move for us. And frankly, it will take us quite a while to work through that. So that's what our focus is right now. But I want to have the best console experience because of that, because of what it gives you. I want you to be sitting on the couch with a, an amazing experience. It sounds great. I have access to any game that I want to play. And if I want uh, to take that on the go, I think the Switch is a really cool platform for that. It's just in the near-term future, it's uh, kind of hard for us to prioritize uh, that different than we are today. Okay, uh, Phil, if you're listening, I want my... Uh Halo branded toaster waffles mm. accessible via Game Pass within the next three weeks or I'm going to be very mad. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, at least it quashes the rumours about Game Pass. Like, it was so thrown around for a while. I'm just like, are they really going to do that? Like, I mean, if they do, then, whoa, cool. And, you know, there's already Microsoft titles coming to the console. We know Cuphead, Super Lucky's Tale. It seems like something that big will take years to uh, oh, to eventuate. Yeah, it's going to require partnerships and talks and, like, mm. everything. It, it's a serious deal, so... Uh, I, th- I think it will yeah. be... It's a good thing for Microsoft, and really it's a good thing for consumers of the Switch. But I think it's an awful thing for Nintendo. Uh, maybe. Maybe. A lot of people buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo properties, and you won't find that on the, on the Game Pass. Yeah, no, but just as far so. as uh, maybe the the indie games that are like on both services, like I suppose that's yeah. that's that's a lot of where Nintendo makes their money from. They get their thirty percent cut from every game sold, and if you're just streaming that from someone else's <laughs> service, it's sort of a it takes a bit away from Nintendo. But yeah, exactly. Right, obviously, yeah. it adds a lot of games that you'll never get running on the Switch as well. Yeah, and for that sure. gives them a reason to be maybe play the Switch and uh, I feel like uh, with all these streaming services coming coming around like Nintendo is not going to be fighting off Xbox or PlayStation they're going to be fighting off Google Stadia because yeah. if, if you're sitting there you, you can say alright I can sit there and play a huge game like Breath of the Wild on my Switch or, or maybe I've got my controller hooked up and I can play on my iPad whatever big games on Stadia yeah exactly like Assassin's Creed Origins or something like that mind you that won't matter for <laughs> For some reason, no, no, in no, the no. world for a long time. But like you know, when the time gets there, when Stadia is operating like it's advertised, and Nintendo's doing maybe something similar to what they're doing now, yeah, that's when they've got to be <laughs> yeah. worried about it. But yeah, obviously in Australia, we're not going to be 
No. We don't have the option, so. No, exactly. We're yeah. just stuck on the Switch, Bryce. Oh, no. Oh, cheese oh, and whiskers. So sad that I get to play really phenomenal experiences on my tiny tablet, but I don't get to play my new Call of Duty. <laughs> well, Call of Duty's not on Stadia yet, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing you had to point out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, so, Bryce, here we are. Yep, here this, we are. This is where shit gets serious. One of the topics of the show. So, and it's where shit gets serious. Shit gets serious. Yeah, this is a serious. Th- this is the more serious talk out of the entire podcast mm. because, quite frankly, I think both you and I are very upset. I know, I know. I've had people approach me and go, "What do you think about it?" And I'm just like, "I'm fucking not happy about it." Yeah, like at all. So, what we're talking about now is the news that came out of uh, the Nintendo Treehouse when they sat down and played Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, Masuda and... Uh, I've got to look up his name. I keep on forgetting this d- director's name. But uh, before I find that... Basic- basically, they they sat down and they went through the game. They showed off the the, uh, the open world and everything. And um, they, they basically said that not every Pokemon is going to be in these games. Yeah. And... I remember when we were watching this, I was talk- I was talking to you, I wasn't really listening to it, and I sort of heard it in the back of... I sort of hit- heard it. I'm like, do they just, do they just say not every Pokemon's available? And I sort of just like... Like, they went on to the next topic, and I'm like, oh, they must have just said, you know, they're not... They're not putting all 800 Pokemon in the wild. Yeah, like, you game. know, something like that. But basically, the, the, news, the news come out that uh, because of... <laughs> Jesus. Because uh, these games are... So big, so whatever, so yeah. on new console that not all of the Pokemon are going to be in this po- in this Pokemon game. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the direct quote from uh, Masuda in now. I'm going to, so I'm not bu- mumbling his words, not getting it wrong. Yep. So you can listen to it right now. Yep. Let's go! So in previous uh, games that worked with the Pokemon Bank service, you were able to, for example, in Sun and Moon, bring over any Pokemon, even if they weren't in the Alola Pokedex. But with the transition to the Nintendo Switch hardware, with its, you know, it's, it being much more powerful, allowing us to be much more expressive with each of the individual Pokemon. And now we're well over 800 uh, Pokemon species in the games. And at Game Freak, we really spent a lot of time thinking about what the best way to move forward was, really preserving the quality of all the different Pokemon while also, you know, taking into account the battle balance, having so many different Pokemon available, all within, you know, a limited development time, so we don't keep fans waiting too long for every new entry in the series. And after a lot of discussion, we decided to come to kind of a new direction. And so what that means for Pokemon Sword and Shield is that players will be able to transfer their Pokemon from Pokemon Home only if they appear in the Galar region Pokedex. So we were very careful. We spent a lot of time really thinking what the best selection of Pokemon to match the setting of the adventure would be. So I'll talk more about the details in future opportunities such as media interviews, but I wanted to I'll let you know today. And I know there are a lot of users of the Pokemon Bank service who are looking forward to Pokemon Home, so I wanted to let them know what the change would be well in advance. Of course, as uh, somebody who's been hunting for a lot of shiny Pokemon and Pokemon Let's Go, um, any of those Pokemon that do appear in Pokemon Sword and Shield, I'll still be able to transfer... Uh, uh, from Pokemon Let's Go into Pokemon Sword and Shield through Pokemon Home, correct? That's right, yeah. As long as they're in the Galar region Pokedex, you can transfer them from home. That's great. Yeah, in the Galar region, you're going to find a lot of Pokemon, including a bunch of Pokemon that no one has discovered yet. So it, the games are definitely chock full of content. And it will be no small feat to complete the Galar region Pokedex, but I do hope that players will give their best to you know try and catch them all in the, in the region. So, yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. 
and just I'll, I'll be honest looking looking into this he, he he says that this this is about no time constraints that uh, he won't be they won't be able to get all of those Pokemon in because there's almost 900 of them and we, well there's more than 900 more, now yeah, more than 900 and with now. all the forms and that that pushes it over a thousand yep so mind you forms don't mean jack shit anymore because we're not getting Megas or Z moves mm. so they remove them from the game which saves them time as it is <laughs> yeah yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I just want to preface this. I'm I'm not a game developer. I'm not going to be- tell them how to do their job. I'm not going to uh, just bitch and whine because you know, I'm entitled or anything like that. And I know that a lot of people have said that they don't care about this. They might be more casual fans. They might put the game down after they beat the Pokemon League, after they finish the main story. And obviously, if if they've still got 400, 600 Pokemon at the disposable, uh, at the disposal, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Like, I, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't think, I don't think people are wrong to have uh, those feelings. Like, if, if you're not, if you're not playing it in the maybe same way you and I would play Pokemon, yep. and that doesn't affect your experience, so I'm, like, personally, I'm happy for you if you can look past it and you don't, this doesn't put you off the games. Yep. It certainly puts me off. <laughs> See these these are still probably my most anticipated games uh, of the year. Like I'm 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 a huge Pokemon fan. I've been playing the games for years and years now. Like a lot of people have, and for me, Pokemon is about uh, collecting and completing things. <laughs> like, and can, look, can we just yeah. can we just before we go into this, can we just talk about their their multitude of excuses for this? Mm, so the first one there's a few the first one was that there was going to be all these animations they had to do for all these Pokemon models had to be done etc I'd I'd like to make a I'd like to make a point Jesus Christ I'd like to make a point okay Uh, the model the models are from X and Y they have been that way since X and Y's release Mm. they have been made in high resolution they were upscaled all the way up until now, and they still are. The animations for those Pokemon, as far as we've been told, have not changed. Pokemon Stadium had more animation to attacks than what this game does. Hmm. Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like that was the that was the initial reason, as they heard before that like uh, there's, there's only a limited amount of time. They can't fit it all in. They're putting so much detail into the new models. Can't fit it all in. Fuck. But like for for example, like the the new the new models they're using from Sun and Moon updated. But I guess just Devil's Advocate, they are putting stuff in the overworld. They're doing the Pokemon uh, sort of whatever you call it, where you feed them and pat them. They've got completely new animations that weren't in previous games, which they've got to do for all of the Pokemon. There are a f- few things they're adding in. But what he what he says there is actually uh, it doesn't have much merit. If like as uh, he's getting interviewed throughout E3, no, so. From US Gamer, there was actually a really great interview done by them, and he, uh, the writer, um, who I oh god, you'll find it. <laughs> uh, the writer um, Eric Van Allen, he actually asked great questions, and he brought up this as well. So he asked, looking through some news that came out yesterday, there are some limitations on Pokemon Bank. Uh, only the Galar region Pokedex is going to be accessible. Uh, can you walk me through why that this decision was made and how you, and why you think it was important to have this limitation? And this is Masuda 
from the, the Pokemon company. He's been director of a lot of the games since uh, Ruby and Sapphire. And uh, his last game he directed was Pokemon X and Y before handing off the reins and just becoming the producer. Of, so he's the producer of this games. So he he says there are a couple of different uh, parts to the thinking behind it, but the biggest reason for it was just the sheer amount of Pokemon. We already ha- have well over eight hundred species of Pokemon, and there's going to be more added in these games. And now that they're on the Nintendo Switch, we're creating with much higher f- fidelity with higher quality animations. But even more than that is coming down to the battle system. We're making sure to keep it. Uh, we can keep everything balanced and give all the Pokemon that appear in these games a chance to shine. We knew at some point we're going to be able to fit them indefinitely uh, to keep supporting all of the Pokemon. And we just found that Sword and Shield are probably a good point to start and go back to reevaluate re- uh, what would be the best selection of Pokemon to appeal to the wildest audience while keeping into consideration the balance of the battle system. It isn't uh, just going to be all new Pokemon in the Galar Pokedex. It's still going to be a lot of favourites that fans will be able to bring over that they've adventured with previously. But yeah, it pretty much uh, just balancing and getting the optimal selection of Pokemon for this adventure we wanted to provide. So So the two reasons he's talking in these interviews is balancing Pokemon games and also like just getting the models in there. The, just the, the work of it and obviously after seeing Animal Crossing got delayed be a better game coming out next year a lot of people are saying alright we want these games delayed for the love of God just delay it and work on it and put it next year yep but uh, with uh, with all of the stuff sort of the Pokemon company is doing alongside these games so like the Pokemon company is a machine that's putting out card games anime and everything to go along with this these games can't be delayed at all um, it's just a machine that's working these games are too important and a lot of people are asking well can't you patch in these Pokemon afterwards <laughs> can't you do it afterwards <laughs> and uh, that and you know that that sounds like a like an, a reasonable ask maybe it doesn't have to be like all at once it doesn't have to be super quick but you know if if there's not enough time between now and launch you know, a, a lot of other companies, if they can't do it before launch, they add features or add content afterwards. What they couldn't get to, like whether it's improving quality, with its glitches, content, whatever it might be, that's what a lot of companies do with updates. That is the good side to having updates in games. Obviously, day one updates with like huge gigs and that, you know, not on. But this this is a game where we're like, okay, okay, <laughs> we get it. I understand because I personally understand like if if they don't have the time to get it in there that's fine but just dropping it and not having it in there at all is going to really hurt the game for me and a lot of other people what about you look they've been outsourcing the upscaling of these models to another to another company I'm pretty sure to upres them back to what they are even though they're already high poly count and high detail they have been again since X and Y and they've made them that way ever since, so they were future-proof. They said this years ago. They're like, we have made the models to be future-proofed for going up. Hmm. And they're not going to change the animations for old Pokemon in Pokemon Ami or whatever the fuck is going on there. Um, they would have added... They've added wildlife animations in the wild area and stuff like that. 
that's fine, right? You've got that with you've got that with whatever Pokemon you've got in the game that are wild. Okay, um, cool. I'll I'll live with that. That that's fine. Not every Pokemon needs to be in the wild. Not all eight hundred plus Pokemon do not need to be in the wild. Yes, definitely. How, however, the excuse that this is for meta balancing reasons, uh, more importantly, is full of shit. They've used that in the past as well. That's I'll, f- I'll bring that up. That is full of shit. Because you know what's going to happen is this game's going to come out with 400, 500 Pokemon and teams are going to be nailed down to like a whole different from a whole different variety of teams. And they're going to be nailed down to people using the same fucking Pokemon. Mm. By cutting the roster in half, you are effectively shortening the list of Pokemon that people can choose that are actually competitive battle worthy. Mm. And... You know, the the thing about Pokemon is everything has a counter in some direction. You can't just have a team in... Especially with competitive battling rules, you can't just have a team that is literally just going to, by default, trump every single team. It's not going to happen. There's no such thing as a meta where that happens. There's always a counter to something, and especially with 800 Pokemon, you can always create a counter for something. Look at Pachirisu, for God's sake. Yeah. With Follow Me, Pachirisu, Draco Media... Etc. Won a championship. Yeah, Pachirisu was considered a useless Pokemon, and someone figured out a way to make it viable. Somebody and- turned him into a beast. Absolutely. Yeah, and that is what you can do with Pokemon. So saying that's for meta balancing reasons is just full of shit. Mm-hmm. If I had to, if I had to whittle it down to it, the way they are, the way they are saying this is has more to do with paying the company that are upscaling the models and their workload. So. I understand that they don't want to delay this game. They want to get the Christmas rush. They want to get the money. But how much money, honestly, are they going to make differently from people who actually want to buy a finished product in comparison to, hey, it's Christmas, I want Pokemon. When all this news has come out, everybody's fucking angry about it. It's not going to happen. They're not going to make any more decent of a margin of profit over Christmas than they would if they were selling a complete game. Because you know what this means is that Sun and Moon are going to remain the competitive Pokemon games because you've effectively just cut a whole bunch of people's teams in half. That's what the competitive scene have said. Yeah. You've, there's, that's not going to solve anything cutting Pokemon out of the game. You've killed people's teams by doing this, most likely. Mm. So, nobody's going to build teams in Sun and Moon, uh, in uh, Sword and Shield. Because there's no variety from what there has been. Nobody's going to give a shit about the Galar Pokemon if there's no option to bring their old teams over and use Galar Pokemon in their teams to make them work in different ways. Mm. Yeah. So people are going to stick with Sun and Moon for competitive battling. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of problems I can see that will come up with this. Uh, you know, like I said, if you're a casual fan and you play through the story, you'll not you'll not notice anything. No. You won't notice anything and you'll enjoy the game. It looks like a phenomenal game. The and new, I, I don't new, doubt that. The new features they're adding look awesome. Yeah. And just from from if if it, if what they're saying is true that uh, you know, this is a lot of work, we've got to prioritize this to do this, that's fair enough. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Like um Masuda, who is the producer, he is the one saying He's the one who's you know producing the game. So what a game producer does is like look at, look at what everyone's doing and manage everyone. He's basically the manager, and it was his decision to say, well, in order for us to do this, this has to be halved. So yeah, you have to cut half the Pokemon out. 
But the game is about the Pokemon. It is 100% about the Pokemon. Yeah. Like, we were worried about them cutting out Endgame. I know. <laughs> we were talking about this, like, before Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee were released. We were worried about them having shit Endgame in Sword and Shield. And that, and that's why Endgame has been so poor lately, because obviously the Endgame is just like, all right, we'll cut that because we need to work on this character or whatever it might be, you know? But we live in an era... Like, especially with Sword and Shield, the very least they could do is promise updates of some kind and having Pokemon in there because they've just advertised this service, Pokemon Home, right? You've got a living dex. You should be more livid about this than I am. You've got a living dex on your Pokemon bank. If you, if you think I'm not livid... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm the one sounding irrational here, but you have a literal living dex Look, on your I, Pokemon I'm- bank. Look, I'm... I don't want to be... There are pockets of the internet that are like, you know, F you, fuck this, like whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'm not going to be a part of that. No, no, no. I do not the, I do not condone the rage. The team... I'm at, fucking angry, but I'm not going to... If I met yeah. the people at Game Freak right now, I would shake their hand and give them a hug because the series they have made has infected, affected my life for the better. Yeah. And but, that, the, but the second thing you'd do is tell them to delay the game. <laughs> but that is why that is why I'm so passionate about this. Yes, exactly right. Um, because like personally for me, like just this, this is the idea. If there's Pokemon that like, if I'm thinking about teams and I've got to look up like, is this Pokemon in this game? It just completely takes me out. It breaks the immersion for me. Exactly. Pokemon for me is an overarching world full of you know all these creatures. I know them all mostly pretty well. I'm a bit hazy from Gen Five to like <laughs> onwards. A bit hazy, but I know most of them. Yeah. And like, it's kind of like, oh, it's not there. It just doesn't exist, and it just yeah. it'll take it t- takes me right out of it. And a- as someone like a lot of the post game is like, especially was it in Alpha Sapphire for example? I'm like, all right, my fun in the post game for this is going to be completing the national decks, catching every single Pokemon. That's just not going to be an option. You're going to catch every single Pokemon in this game, yeah. and you're going to get the certificate. You're going to get the thumbs up, but you just I haven't got everything. No, it's not everything. No, I don't have the option to get everything. And I know, and the worst part is, is there's a lot of Pokemon that I absolutely love, and I would love, and I love building teams around, like Lilligant, for example, Lilligant, Crocodile, even Scolipede in Gen Five. Gen Five is one of my favorite generations. Those are some of my favorite Pokemon. Gen Five is known for not having the best Pokemon designs. I have a feeling one of those three is going to get cut, mm. and it's going to cut me. <laughs> yeah. So like seriously, and obviously there's like the more like there's that problem. Is like, is my Pokemon going to be in there? But, like, I guess the devil's advocate to that is that there is always something else you can put in your party. But still. It does not matter. Still. Every... Here's... Okay. I mentioned to the, I mentioned this to you before we did this episode because, obviously, we have been talking about what this episode was going to be because, to us, Pokemon is very important in terms of, like, we, we grew up with the series. And catching them all was the catchphrase. Everybody's already made that joke. But... Here it's not here it's not really a joke. Like we have been growing up with the series. That phrase has always been the same. Um but the important the important phrase to bring to this episode was every Pokemon is somebody's favourite Pokemon. And one of those Pokemon is going to, you know, make or break the game for at least one person. You're gonna be like, My favourite Pokemon's not in there. I love that Pokemon, I use it on my team every time. Done. I'm mm. not doing it. And that's the thing, is it's not just one Pokemon. It could be 300, 400 Pokemon. 
and they could be considered somebody's favourites. And that's just kind of like... Mm. Just thinking about that, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. and But, but what puts these quotes made by Masuda sort of just... Out on a pedestal. Well, not make any sense is that this is this is going to be the trend now going on for future Pokemon games. So. Yeah, that's exactly what he said so, too. So not only so it's like it would make sense if he said, "All right, so we don't have time. This game won't include them all." Okay, but the next obviously the next game we've we've had more time. We've kept on production of these three D models and everything. Yeah, and when Bow and Staff come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when they're when they're in the they'll be in the next game. But he said that all of the games are now going to have their own exclusive decks without the Pokemon. And that introduced sort of compatibility problems. So does that mean, uh, say, in two years when uh, there's Dolan Appel remakes and they're in the same generation, Generation 8, running on the same engine, does that mean they're going to have the Galar decks still? Or does that mean they're going to have... uh, You know, the Sinu decks again? And the games... They not compatible. And they aren't compatible? And this issue kind of came up in X and Y and Ultra... Oh, not Ultra. What's it called? Bloody Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire with the Mega Evolutions. New Mega Evolutions were introduced in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire that you couldn't get in the other ones. So, of course, if you're going to be a competitive battler, you yeah. can't play in <laughs> X and Y. Yeah. But obviously, it's nowhere near the magnitude as is, is it will be running into the future. Yeah. Well, this is the thing as well, is like... <sighs> The fact the fact that if Diamond and Pearl remakes are on Gen 8, traditionally anything that's been in the same gen, regardless of whether it's a remake or not, will be able to play together. They'll be able to battle together, be able to do whatever. If if it diff- if the roster's diff is even a little bit, that immediately excludes that from happening. Um, it's clear that they want people to store their Pokemon on Pokemon Home and they want to do all this shit. But like... This is the first game, first major RPG release on a home console. It needs to have everything. If they want to do this in the future and then sort of work a way around it to make sure that it works, then fine. I get that. But we have been waiting for this since yellow. You know, red, blue, yellow. Mm. For a po- for a Pokemon game to turn up on the screen that's exactly like it is in the handheld games. Mm. And they're not going to have every Pokemon there. Seeing it, seeing it uh, like announced the start of this year, like brand new RPGs, new generation coming to the Switch. You're going to be playing it on your TV, a console... And he so, said they were all going to be there too. Seeing the direct not long ago, when you're seeing like these features, like raid battles and everything, oh my god! And you know we're going to have fun with those, but this is this has just taken such a huge chunk out of my hype for this. It has. <laughs> I hate that it has. I really hate that it has. But um, it's important that every Pokemon's there. Yeah. Like they've taken away me- Mega Evolutions and that. That's fine. That that was getting too bloated with all that crap. I even wish Dynamaxing wasn't there. I wish it was just back to battling Pokemon type advantages moves. I wish it was just back to that. I don't want to... Be- yeah, remove Dynamaxing for all I care. Just give me my Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, whatever. But uh, what what I want to bring up, Bryce, is obviously we've had frustration in the past with um, some of Game Freak's uh, decisions. decisions. Yeah. Uh, just coming to, uh, you know, lately, especially 3DS generation, where post-game has really been not satisfactory. No. Uh, so, like, you've had Fire Red, Leaf Green. You've had a whole set of islands to explore. Gold, Silver. You've had a different region to explore. Emerald. You had the battle, uh, the battle frontier, which was an awesome facility for competitive play. Uh, and even Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Obviously, you had the the, the Kanto region to explore again. Yeah. But the post game in recent games really hasn't been there. No, literally. And, and every time we bring up our disappointment about that, 
I always think of one quote, and I actually went and found this quote. Uh, so this is uh, by Shigeru Amori, who is the uh, who is the uh, <laughs> what's it? De- <laughs> it's the thing. Uh, not producer, uh, director, director. Yeah. I was, was going to say developer. So yes, yeah. yeah, so he's not the developer. He's yeah. a director. He was his first game he directed was Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and he's the yeah, director on uh, these current games as well. And this was a an interview uh, back in 2014 for when he was developing those games. And the inter- interviewer asked him about why the Battle Frontier did not make a return in the remakes. And this has been a quote that has made me go like, oh, You God. remember this quote. I remember this so well. So this, this I found this on a GameSpot forum because um, I couldn't find the actual thing because it was a different language. It was an Italian fan site that actually interviewed him. Then that was translated to Japanese and then that was translated back to English. Yeah. So, you know, you know, as far as I know, this could be lost, but I think the message is here. And I've, I've heard this, like, sort of talked about throughout the Pokemon community. So, what, what they say is that... Um, uh, it is, or it should be known, uh, should be common knowledge that the highly in- anticipated battle facility, the Battle Frontier, does not make a return the, the Holland remakes. According to an interview, the Battle Frontier, as well as the difficulty, difficulty setting from Black and White 2, which is another thing we were fans of, are not re- uh, present in Oras because of a very small part of the players would fully have appreciated the use of this feature. Nowadays, pla- players get bored and easily frustrated, and they easily, <laughs> more easily, and they aren't interested in things that are so demanding and challenging. <laughs> they wanted to create a balanced game that was suited for time and ages where everyone is very busy and very young people have various means of entertainment using smartphones and other devices they can access uh, a great number of games on uh, so t- the time they dedicate to one single game is less than in the past so he he basically just downgrades his game saying you know this, this game is less because you're spending your time elsewhere so we don't really care about what we're putting in our game exactly that's right. what he said and I think that quote I don't think he meant to sound negative but to me who likes spending a lot of time in these RPGs who have had a, a history of have, having rich content having a lot to do he's basically saying we're putting less in this one because the times are changing and no one gives a shit yep. that's what he said Yeah, and he also brings up that he wants to create balance, a balanced game which if you ask a competitive player from X and Y or Oras that game was not balanced no at was, all it was awful <laughs> And every generation, it's just sort of like we ha- we're doing less content because we want to do a balanced game. That's just an excuse. It is. And oh, surprise, surprise! Look where this excuse is now. It's like it's come all the way here and cut Pokemon out the game. So we're at a point where we're like, God, it would be good to put the Battle Frontier in. I hope something like that returns for Sword and Shield. Not only are you not getting that, guys, you're not getting the Pokemon as well. <sighs> So there's going to be silence here. This is just... See what I mean about serious discussion, though? This is exactly what I knew it was going to devolve to. I'm just... Honestly, I'm just... I'm flabbergasted. I am too. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the memeable word for it. But honestly, really, like, are we really going to be missing, like, half the roster of Pokemon because you're going to say it's for game balance reasons? People just aren't going to play these games competitively. And even then, some people won't even buy the games because they can't play them competitively. You know, it's like, why, why do we care about the Galar Pokemon then? If if you're just going to cut half the roster, even even like even more Pokemon than you're putting in the goddamn game. 
and then completely tarnishing the fact that like you've got a whole you spend money on all this competitive play you know they have world Mm. championships they have all this shit and that's based on being able to use whatever Pokemon you want that's obviously outside of the restricted section aka Megas Mega Mega Rayquaza and Mewtwo and things with stupid high base stats right like sure um, they have those out for a reason but mm, you're telling me it's com- for competitive for, for balance re- for balance reasons guys yeah. so just stop just, using this excuse <laughs> just just for what they're saying so they're saying they don't have time to fit them all in because of uh, yeah okay let's you, say it's that no, no I'm just I'm just summing it up so they don't have the time to fit in these to make all these models right so okay you're the developer you're the producer I'll take your word for it so bring out the game you know so even the anime and the card game and all that can come out too don't delay it that's fine you've got your features there I dare say uh, but post game keep the keep developing and bring them out in updates which are like 50 Pokemon each Exactly. Like right. space them out. Don't don't crunch your team. I think I think like it's going to take time to get through the story. People can play of the Pokemon that are there. That are there. Like you know, as fans, we're understanding we want a good game. But to be like, uh, this is actually the plan for all Pokemon games. So okay, so that doesn't really add up to not enough time then. No, because this is you got to have you got infinite time if you're just talking about every other Pokemon game. Exactly right, and. And I mean, exactly. <laughs> they they might only develop 500 here and put them in the game here, but we know that the next game is going to use the exact same models. And what what time are they going to use then to say that they can't have all of them in there? Yeah, then it would just be like up, up to balancing. It will be a balancing thing. Ugh, like, shut up. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, again, yes, it should be... If, if you can't get it all in at once, fine. If you want it out by Christmas, fine. But don't make up the excuse that you have no plans to add the rest of the roster to that game. This is your premiere home console RPG release. And you are telling me that we're not going to have a premiere RPG release because you haven't even put half the content in. Don't make excuses... Be honest and listen to people. There's a hashtag on Twitter, bring back national decks. Mm. I encourage you, if you care about this issue, use it and keep tweeting until they listen because it's ridiculous. Mm. I don't think anybody cares if it is post game that these Pokemon come out at all. They don't have to fit them all in immediately. Have them all finished by the time that home comes out. Everybody will be happy. Mm-hmm. because they will all be in the game by the time we can transfer them to the game even if it's not by then if it's by like June next year if they've got to take their time because they've got other projects <laughs> or obviously going on in the background yeah of and, course and they've got to be doing this that's fine just eventually bring them because what this is going to do Bryce is I love going back to old Pokemon games like I'll go back to Red Blue every now and again I'll go back to Ruby and Sapphire they're my favourites love going back to them yeah like obviously, they don't have the future Pokemon in them, but you can go back. You can have a full experience. In this, you're going to be like I was going to bring up the argument that like a uh, future Pokemon games, if they've got all the Pokemon in it, then you're going back to this, and it's just like missing some of them. It'll be kind of weird. But since they're kind of fucking up on the rest of their games too, it's kind of like oh well, that argument doesn't hold up. But no, <laughs> yeah. uh, th- this is this is another uh, basically paragraph or answer from. Uh, 
forgot his name again. I forget his name. <laughs> it's too easy. But the the uh, director on Sword and Shield, they asked him. So the uh, the author asked him about post game, which is like <laughs> something like I would ask him if I was there. So they they ask, uh, what do you envision end game and po- uh, and uh, Oh God, I'll start again. What do you envision the end game and single player post game content is going to be like in terms of what people can do after they beat the campaign? A lot of people like to play a bit longer. So what do you plan to do? Are you looking at additional updates or anything like that? And they say, I can't really say too much of that today, of course, but I want to say that it's not just a story and then you're done with the game. We've got a lot of content that players can enjoy after they finish the story. Also, players who are big fans of the battle system and the competitive scene, there's going to be a lot for them to engage with. <laughs> and before all of this, I would have said, that is a great answer. Awesome. Does that mean, uh, you know, a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a, bit of a cheeky, uh, bit of a cheeky sort of, uh, you know, something to do, like a Battle Frontier-esque thing, like where you can spend hours sort of planning teams and actually gives me a reason to plan a team in the game. But after this, just with sort of the... Um, Giving competitive players more reason. Look, I, I'll, I'll never, I'll never call game developers lazy. They're probably the less lazy, least lazy people oh, on, on yeah. earth. But these, whether they're necessary or not, they are shortcuts, and it's too big a shortcut to ignore for a game we care about, for a series we care about, for a series we care about. And th- like as we said, this is this isn't something we're just like, you know, we we love Pokemon. Yeah. And like when I found out about this to Bryce, and I, I was talking to Bryce just over Facebook chat, I was like, I literally, the word I would use to describe how I feel is heartbroken. I wouldn't say I'm angry. I wouldn't say I'm pissed. I'm just heartbroken. Just how much I was looking, like even looking at these games, I'm like, God, they look good. But this is going to just hinder it so much. It's, it's, it, it comes down exactly to that shortcuts. They've been doing it for years now. It's been post game. It, now it's now it's the Pokemon themselves. It's been post game. It's been story. It's been yeah, whatever. And now you're literally just missing Pokemon. Mm. Like Masuda, like in interviews. If he gets asked a question, he's always so proud of what he did with Pokemon Black and White, and as he should be. Black they, and White was great. They're incredible games, and they're sort of they sort of encapsulate sort of the end of his uh his like. Uh, directing of the games from Ruby and Sapphire to Black and White what he done with the story and the world and all the new Pokemon it's just it's pretty phenomenal what he did yeah, yeah. it was mm. and then now this it's so depressing mm. it's so depressing just thinking about it honestly like we, we've at by this point it's been about five days since all of this went down um, and I still see Facebook posts on the common. I still see Twitter posts on the common. I look in the Pokemon subreddit and you can't get a post in because there's a post every 30 seconds that's about going, how that, shit this entire situation that's is. That's going off. <laughs> it is going nuts. And I see I see like a, a few of my friends on Twitter have said like, oh, you know what? I actually don't care. It's actually good because it's actually, a, it actually like fr- frees it up, makes it not so convoluted in that. I'm like, well... If, if that's the way you play Pokemon that's fine but there's a lot of people who are like like I know people who are like I've got a living deck so I've got one of every species so I've got a Bulbasaur Ivazaur and Venusaur, Venusaur in my thing I've also got the the nature variants or the gender variants of each one I've got the different forms of all these like different forms like, like unknowns and like they really go into like the collection aspect yeah and that just breaks this because as I said you know that there's stuff that just isn't there it's not in the code you can't get it it doesn't exist you can't move it over you can't 
and they have no plans to move it over. And for future Pokemon games, they have no plans to program every single Pokemon mm. in. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm, we're not gonna go over too much more on this, but just obviously, you've if you don't have the time and you've made the the decision as the producer to cut it, get rid of them. But I don't know why you wouldn't do it afterwards. Yes. Why afterwards? No post updates. It's they, we're in we're in an era where that thing exists. They need to they need to use it. Like the 3ds had a you know update system. It's not like they're coming to a system for the first time where they're like, oh, updates! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, I, all right. To cap it off, um, if you want to express yourself and make sure that your voice is heard, bring back the national bring back national decks in that exact way it's said uh, is hashtag bring back hashtag bring back national decks on Twitter it has been trending most of the week Um, display your grievances there talk about your favourite Pokemon and your worry about them not being in the game talk about you know your memories with Pokemon just really sort of lay your heart on the line about this situation if you care about having all these Pokemon decks obviously no there are people that won't give a shit and that's fine like you said that's alright if people want to defend that decision fine by them I'm not gonna you know whatever but what they are doing is shortcutting a very important part of the game for so many fans especially those of us that grew up from number one to 977 or whatever it ends up being Mm -hmm. we we grew up with this and it's important to us um, so just let us have our beef with it. <laughs> it sounds it sounds bad. Obviously, don't don't support people who are trying to crunch out the devs and blaming them. Oh no, be respectful. Please these be are, be respectful, but let them know these are human beings. These are human beings. Exactly right. Very talented human beings. But please yeah. do let them know that this is a shit decision. <laughs> hmm. And even if they don't have it, like if they want to, they might not delay the game. Fine. You know, they don't have to delay it the game. It will not get delayed. But at least, <laughs> at least encourage them to put them in post-content updates. It's it's stuff like this that makes me wish um, Awada was still around because of all the work he did on Gold, Silver, Crystal. He developed all their, progress- their uh, compression tools and made sure that everything would work smoothly in Gold, Silver, Crystal. He had a huge part in that game. And just seeing, like, all his effort that he put into Pokemon when he wasn't even on their dev team sort of just go to waste only for the series to come to this point where we're not even getting a full dex anymore it's kind of frustrating mm. um, I respect I respect Game Freak for what they've done in my life uh, with Pokemon but yeah this is this is the tip of the cherry it really needs to change mm. yeah, this is this is the one that's like pushed us over because we're usually like you know post game yeah we're usually like give enough. us post game ah Fuck. Now it's just like now this is now this is too far. It is one hundred percent too far. And like you know, we've been called like Pokemon fanboys before. You know, this was one of the series we're most passionate about. Like right next to Zelda, Mario, these other huge Nintendo franchises. <sighs> yeah. You know, if if we don't like something, we will talk about it. Like any game from Nintendo or on the Switch or even anything. <laughs> you know, we 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 don't bullshit around. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, and usually we're not so negative because we don't have to be. But this is something to be negative about, mm. you know. And like, and like I said, if you're not negative about it, fine. But don't call us whinges or anything no. like that either, because what's the point? Like, this series has a long running bar, and the excuses that they're giving to the people who are asking why are not very solid. 
No, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Mm. All right, let's shake that off, Bryce. Let's talk about something positive. All right. So, Breath of the Wild sequel. Breath to the way. It was announced at E3. A, little, was. a teaser trailer was shown. Uh, had us hyped. It was it was over pretty quick. There was a lot of like shots and that was sort of like, oh wow, crap, Zelda, Zelda game. It was Zelda. But you were, you know, being the big Zelda fan you are, you went and analysed like all the little snippets and... That's exactly right, yes. You've, you put it on Twitter, you uh, put, I put it, it on Twitter, but my thoughts have changed. Your so thoughts have changed? Yes. Yeah, so I'm really intrigued to see what you come up with and we'll talk about it from there. Cool. All right. So um, I want to talk about a couple of other things that sort of fit into it as well that have sort of come out from... Uh, media that is not just Breath of the Wild, uh, like the Japanese exclusive books and stuff like that. There was a lot of like okay. art detail and details that we never really got in English uh, that people have been analysing. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about them afterwards because they sort of fit into its own little section. But uh, if you do follow my Twitter, you know I put out a, a theory on what's going to happen. My mind has changed because over the past week, obviously, people have been <laughs> analysing the shit out of Breath of the Wild and these books and stuff that's sort of come up. And even just the trailer itself, a lot of people have been noticing things in the trailer that we didn't notice at first glance, but they've sort of come to light now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So I'm intrigued. I haven't heard anything about this yet. So. No, you haven't. I've been I've I've written it all down because I mean it with you listeners. So. <laughs> I, I, I do not I do not want to stumble this. I've written it all down, sort of approximately what I think is going to happen and uh, like Ganondorf's role in this, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, all right. Bit of a story time. Oh, sorry, time, so enjoy it. Um, so, apart from the fact... I did mention that uh, in my last theory that Zelda didn't know about these catacombs and Ganon being down there and all that, she actually does. Uh, if you read a diary, it is actually brought up that she has been to the catacombs before, but she's never been to the bottom where Ganon is. Oh, really? Yes. Where? She has never been to the bottom where Ganondorf is. And I must have completely overlooked that because I've read that diary before. <laughs> right. Probably obviously just, obviously probably, not thinking there was a sequel in mind when... You probably just glossed through it because you're like, oh, I want to get him, kill the boss. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> like, when I was there, my heart was racing. I was not in the mood for just to sit and read No, you, you wanted to be Ganon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how everybody felt, I think. Uh, so, Zelda has always been aware of the catacombs as stated in her diary, but has never been able to reach the bottom where the darkest secret of Hyrule lies. Uh, King Rome and the champions appear before Zelda and Link and task them to travel to the catacombs below Hyrule Castle in order to renew the seal on the corpse of the fallen hero, otherwise now known as Ganondorf. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is suggested by the tapestry in Impa's story of the legendary hero who clearly showed a figure with long uh, long red hair in place of the hero. It literally looks like what Ganondorf's long red hair is Mm. in this zombified form. The hero was a powerful warlock from the Gerudo tribe who was chosen as Zelda's hero in the past by Zelda herself. Uh, known around the world as a, pra- a practitioner of forbidden and powerful magic that was lost to time. Upon failing to defeat Ganon due to incompatibility with the Sword of Evil's Bane, which would make sense, Zelda chose him, doesn't necessarily mean the Master Sword chose him. Mm-hmm. The hero had attempted to seal Ganon within himself to contain his evil power. The hero fails and his soul loses to the overwhelming power of the beast and Ganon now refers to himself as Ganondorf. And this is how Ganondorf is born in the world of Birth of the Wild. Hmm. So, yeah, so Ganon is... Yeah, so that's how good. he took his human form. Because, like, yeah. through most through most Zelda iterations, he's always been a beast. Hmm. He's never just been like Ganondorf. Ganondorf was a thing since Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So they sort of need to incorporate how Calamity Ganon 
came from, you know, this, and they need to incorporate it in into Ganondorf in some way. So, here we go. Uh, Ganon now refers to himself as Ganondorf. Uh, upon gaining control, he uses a range of forbidden magic as his arsenal, including a magic spear, which has actually shown up in the cave drawings, is uh, Ganon running around with a spear attacking forces of Hyrule. Mm. Uh, you do see it in the trailer if you pause it on the right frame, right frames, etc. Um, crafted of magics, made, as, made to act as a sealing tool to disable Zelda and stop any chance of him from being defeated. So, being sent to the Sacred Realm. This is backed by evidence found with some careful analysis by the community showing Gerudo runes in the green wisps given off the by the hand, which kind of suggests that this hand was actually his spear. Okay. Right? Mm. You following me here? And that's, yeah, I am um, a bit. <laughs> And the cave drawing shown off Ganondorf fought off the forces Hyrule using a spear. The true, the true hero chosen by the gods reveals himself, armed with the Master Sword and the Triforce of Courage. Ganondorf and the true hero battle, and all seems lost as the Master Sword is knocked out from his hands. Ganondorf charges the true hero and is suddenly pierced with an arrow of light, shot by Zelda, and drops the spear. The hero quickly retaliates and uses the spear to seal Ganon, once and for all, inside the body of the hero. So... Basically, the spear he used, he was going to use to trap Zelda has now been used against him, and he's stuck. His his power is sealed. The body of the now sealed, he- uh, sealed Ganondorf is placed in the catacombs beneath Hyrule Castle and is sealed, honouring the hero as the hero who fell um, with bravery. But also that the Princess of Destiny would always remain close by so that Ganon may... Uh, be, so that get, oh, Jesus, so that Ganon may be defeated should he ever reemerge, because King Rome does make a very big point about Zelda not wandering too far in Breath of the Wild. Mm. She's obviously a very big key part of keeping Ganon sealed. As Zelda and Link venture, uh, venture through the catacombs, they discover the history of the fallen hero. Zelda now taking notes on her Sheikah slate, returned to her by Link, because obviously it was hers. As they make the rough journey through the bottom, they encounter all sorts of details regarding the past of this hero and his life until they finally reach the bottom. Upon approaching the corpse, Ganondorf springs to life driven by hatred, his uh, uh, his overwhelming malice, shooting towards the ceiling, raising Hyrule Castle. The ground beneath Zelda falls away, Link catches her in the process, with one hand, mm-hmm. as shown in the trailer. Ganondorf removes the spear from his chest, and uses its power to try and seal the Triforce of Courage in Link's hand. The Triforce fights back against the power of the spear, which proves to be far weaker than it was before, and instead of removing the power from Link, it forces its magic into Link, destroying his arm and replacing it, and shattering the Triforce of Courage in the process. We do sort of see this. Not so much the Triforce part, but his hand does get replaced with something. I do see that, yeah. And it does look like it's just completely torn away the rest of his arm. Hmm. Ow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, poor boy. Um, let's see. Link and Zelda fall into the deepest reach of the catacombs to reveal a huge underground network of caverns forming a mega dungeon. A network once used by the Sheikah that has since been corrupted by the force of Calamity Ganon. So, obviously, they haven't been down there to deal with that. It's probably been, you know, rampaged through with all of Ganon's dark magics, all that stuff. Mm. Link with his new arm and Zelda armed with a Sheikah slate must unlock the secrets of the cavern network beneath Hyrule. Um, unlocking the true power of the Sheikah Slate and discovering new powers of Link's arm and also tracking down Ganon aiming to seal him once and for all. So that is my theory on that just based on all the sort of evidence that's come up. Um, It does seem like with the Gerudo runes in the swell trails, like the green swell trails, Mm. that it 
could be very well his own magic that did this to him. Um, and I tried to pin it down. Like, why would he sort of just do it to himself? Figured that, you know, if he if he wasn't in the tapestry, he just wasn't the chosen hero by uh, the goddess. But was by Zelda because he was considered the strongest warlock in the land. Yeah, so, like, obviously, um, Ganon, did he have the Triforce of... Um, power, no. yeah. So, what did he have? Did he have it at all? A Triforce piece? Uh, in this, uh, I'm guessing he would have had power, mm-hmm. um, because they don't really they don't really touch too much on Calamity Ganon actually being a force that relies on the Triforce. If that makes sense, mm, no. He kind of just he's kind of just like this sorcerial, you know, being of uh, dark magic. So. The way I figure is, is that, obviously, Ganon's history, he's always been a warlock. Uh, Gerudo, Ganondorf's history, he's always been a Gerudo warlock. Mm. So, he tried to use the power of magic against an entirely more powerful magical being, and it failed him. And he ended up losing his body for it, and paying the costs, you know. He lost his life, technically. It's been overruled by Ganon. That's it. Mm. Um, But, in saying that, like... Theories are all down to discussion. I don't think that a fair bit of this will come true. But there is a lot of stuff that is circulating thanks to all these sources that have come out in the past five days since the trailer that suggests that Breath of the Wild could feature a hell of a lot more than we'd sort of just overlooked because it was never really touched upon in the actual game but was in its art books and such. So, um... I'm going to go over a couple couple fan theories. Obviously, not as huge. Um, they're just going to be sort of what people have sort of picked out from trailer involvement and listening to the audio and stuff like that. So, um, a lot of fans seem to suggest a Twilly involvement. Uh, but it's most likely debunked. Um, there was some sort of... some Something in the audio, I remember, that people... Ha- had people convinced that Zant had something to do with something or that it was his arm or you know I'm, in, I'm in sure. the audio yeah in like the, the audio. soundtrack like yeah because if you reverse that it's the song's reversed yeah and if you reverse it you can hear things being said so people have obviously analysed the shit out of that audio because already it's shady you know as soon as you get into it it's shady the, the clips are all jumbled up it makes no sense and the audio is backwards and it, it sounds just as horrifying it does forward. yeah it's yeah. just as horrifying it sounds like sounds like people are suffering for god's sake like, it sounds awful it does it sounds, sounds like it sounds like the shadow temple in ocarina of time just like those wailing sounds in the background even shit. worse though oh yeah yeah because it's more realistic <laughs> yeah, now yeah. like yeah but um a lot of people seem to suggest that it sort of bears resemblance to what happened with uh minna and her powers with the um the, the arm with the arms mm. yeah like so, that big that, like the glowing arm yeah. sort of resembles her yeah yeah that and um, like the jewellery that's sort of centred around the arm is like sort of patterned in a weird twilly sort of way but I think it's kind of like an over- oversight looking into that um, I, th- I think it would be it would be it would be too um, it would be disappointing to be honest if it feels like Twilight Princess sort of stuff coming back like, I th- our, our Numa really wants to keep Breath of the Wild out of like other other Zelda properties, and I enjoy the Easter eggs like in Breath of the Wild to previous Zelda games. Like, yeah, you know, hey, yeah, there's even there's even the mirror, the Twilight Mirror, is mm. even in Breath. Yeah, of the and Wild. Long Ranch and that you can see the ruins and all yeah. that. I think that's I reckon that's really interesting. Yeah, but like having like an actual story beat, like oh, 
Zant's back yeah. or something like that. But like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think it'll happen. And I think like just the gold, the gold accents and stuff around the arm is more indicative of the fact that uh, Gerudo's and Breath of the Wild wear a lot of gold jewelry, and even Ganon oh, yeah. himself, like Ganondorf himself, is wearing a lot of gold jewelry mm. in that scene. So, what do you think that arm is? That's I think it's his. Well, judging by my own theory, I I think it's his spear that he used to drive off. He created it using, um, dark magic, and he intended it intended to use it to seal power, and that's when it ends up getting turned against him. And this is where he is now. So the spearhead would have just been like a relatively normal spearhead thrown at someone, turns into this hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I kind of think. I don't think that'll probably be the case. In my, in my head, I'm just, with piecing all this stuff together, it just seemed to make the most sense. Yeah, and actually, um, in the uh, art book for Breath of the Wild, there's like a behind the scenes, you can look at it, and not all the all the uh, artwork used throughout development. You can say like, there's a, there's actually like, Link's got like, this was an unused idea, but it might actually come into this game of the whole arm idea, but Link, he's like, one of his arms can morph into things. Yes, yeah, that's where the green arm thing, green arm thing sort of comes in. And mm. especially with... Um, what uh, what I said in my theory, like the spear fights against the Triforce, doesn't win, but instead tries to eat eat Link's arm, and then it sort of just becomes his becomes his arm in some way. Whether uh, that energy is now infused into him, and it was strong enough to destroy his arm, but he's now able to use it as his own tool. It'd be interesting to see whether that that was a weapon used against him to try and get the Triforce or, or it was just like you've gained a new ability here it is and it just oh, makes your arm glow <laughs> yeah. you know it might, it might be something like that too not. <laughs> yeah because it sounds a lot cooler like no like I'm going to die or something <laughs> you know I mean the, the yeah. arm thing too opens up like a lot of possibilities because if you've ever seen the concept art like it's used for everything it's used as a bow it's used as a bomb launcher it's used as a claw shot mm. um, which will like I guess replace runes hey, you can like you've got all these abilities at exactly. the start go have at it yeah. yeah and then you give that to Zelda and then you've offici- you've officially got a game where you can either play as Zelda or you can co-op with Zelda and that Zelda gets to go on this adventure with you which would be fantastic mm. yeah I would love a companion Zelda um, next one uh, Ganon is exposing the castle in the air in order to claim it as his own dominion so that he may have a safe haven to recover. This is suggested by an early Breath of the Wild concept art showing Ganondorf on a gigantic floating mountain in the sky uh, was originally his his fortress. Okay. So Ganondorf was originally supposed to be in the game um, at some point. So let's assume that you defeat Calamity Ganon and he just goes back into Ganondorf. He raises a mountain in the sky and he uses that as a base. Yeah, right. It, so- was, it was in concept art. Yeah, so you'll be able to see it like from all places of the map, pretty much just floating castles. Like that's where I'm going. Yeah, that's where I'm gonna go. <laughs> Big Bowser's and, castle up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I think this sort of does hold merit because he's very obsessed with that castle, and he wants it. So that's probably why he's lifting it up in the air, into the air. He's probably trying to get it up there, keep it up there. And that's his fortress. That's that's a place for him to recover. Because I think by the end of this, that that Ganondorf is not going to be a zombie anymore. He's going to be full blown Ganondorf, and you know we're gonna we're gonna get that clash that we never got in Breath of the Wild. That people were like, "What the fuck? Why do we fight a spider crab?" Like, you know, it's a good question. It's a very good question. He's a pretty fucked up spider crab. It was yeah, like the the last that bit of the boss was cool. But then you go outside and you're versing like Ganon in his pure form. It's kind of like. It was a bit underwhelming. Yeah, it was a bit anti- anticlimactic. Just which I don't shooting know how- light arrows, <laughs> sh- shooting light arrows on horseback. You're like, oh, that's that, that was cool, but we have done this before, and this was like a easier version of it. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, what's your next one? 
Um, a tribe not mentioned heavenly, if not at all, in Breath of the Wild, but it is in other media. Um, the Zonai will play a huge part in Breath of the Wild too. They're a small tribe that existed alongside alongside the Sheikah living in the Farren region. Similar markings in the Farren region are shown in the catacombs during the teaser. So, if you remember, there was like sort of aztec type ruins in the jungle area. Mm-hmm. Those were rumoured to be part of the Zonai's uh, makings. Also, if you've ever done that shrine that's... Uh, on the, I think it's on the northern part of the map, where it's just completely enshrouded by shadow, and when you go in there, like everything's dark, and you have to have a torch for everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's predicted <laughs> to be um, the original city of the Zonai that had been overtaken by a curse that eventually wiped out the Zonai. So okay, could be interesting if like the Zonai had more importance. Um, Obviously, with all these art books and stuff sort of being translated and shown off and all that stuff, um, thanks to this and everybody doing their theorizing, uh, it's a wonder why they didn't talk much about them in Breath of the Wild 1. So, they could show up. Like, we could just not be seeing old ancient Sheikah tech, but we could be seeing Zonai stuff as well. This this hand thing could be a Zonai product. Hmm. We don't actually know that much about them, so we could be learning about them, and it could be like the new sort of race added to the Zelda lineage. Learning about their history and everything? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we've, we know plenty about Sheikah history, but we don't know enough about the Zonai, which were barely talked about. In well, the whole game is based around Sheikah, like the Sheikish people, exactly. aren't they? Yeah. Like exactly all, right. all the temples and everything, yeah. All um, the shrines, sorry. And then there's one last one. It's more or less a bonus. Um, I couldn't find any merit to this one. Like, pretty much at all. But I'm going to read it anyway. Please do. Uh, Finally, people suspect it could very well be Demise's original body. But judging by long hair, you know, whatever, bit of jewellery, etc. Succumb to time. Upon Skyloft returning to the soil... uh, It was once a part of... It's possible that Hyrule was built to contain Demise's place of death. um, Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. The only merit to this theory that really holds is that the corpse is supposedly ancient, and while it looks like there, uh, in, while it looks like there is, there is no telling how long it's been there and why he has a hand in his chest. <laughs> we did not do that in Skyward Sword. It's the only other game we've seen in. Kind of makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, Al Numa has also said that he wants to leave Breath of the Wild largely out of that timeline. Well, well, he said that it's like people are like, oh, where does it fit in the timeline, Breath of the Wild? He just said it's not in it. People still do that. Yeah. It's like, not, to it's, this day. It's, it's just... If he says it's not in it, he, he directed the game. It's not in it. <laughs> on, on the Breath of the Wild subreddit, um, somebody posted, they're like, I think I figured out where it is in the timeline. He posts about it. And he's like, oh, it's been two years, but I think I figured it out. And I said to him, I'm like, dude, no, nah, Al Numa said he, it's not in the timeline. It may as well just be a big old reboot. It's not in the timeline. And he's like, when did he say this? And I like, posted like a bit from the interview. And he's like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> I've been up for the last 24 hours working on this theory and you just crumbled it in two seconds. I'm, oh, like, Bryce, I'm, like, are... I'm like, I'm sorry, man, but everybody's been bringing this up for the last two years. You're a mean sake. prick. I am so mean. Yeah. It's like, they they only made the timeline to be like, all right, let's please fans. Let's do an official ordering. Yeah. And they came up with what they came up with. Like, obviously in the games, there's not like, next time on The Legend of Zelda. It's <laughs> like, you know, it does, like, no. Days of our lives. Yeah. Link, are you going to be cannon? I'm going shield sliding. Oh, I've got the Triforce of Courage. I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I, that's that's pretty much all that I've uh, been working around. I fit a lot of the stuff that um, has come out in terms of ed- evidence into my own theory. Um, hell of it's hell, hell of a lot's out there, guys. If you want to like throw together your own stuff, um, a lot of stuff has come out of this trailer um, and the art books and everything. And it's sort of just it all really flows together. Like it's really weird that people managed to pick out the um, Gerudo language coming from the green spiral coming down from the roof. Of yeah, that's crazy. Things. That's like that's, that's that good. that initially made me was like, Oh my god, maybe it's not Sheikah Tech and then I had to change my entire theory because I was like, Holy crap, maybe it's Gerudo Magic. Yeah, because like you know, I I'm a I'm a big Zelda fan, but I've got nothing on some of these people. Yeah. I've yeah. got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean like their analysis great. Like mm. holy shit. I mean, it kind of looked like some language, but I wouldn't have picked it out as Gerudo of all things. Mm. So I was just kind of like, Oh, Sheikah sealed him down there and that's how it is. Guess not. Yeah. guess it could have just been himself like and that's fascinating but there's actually like uh, bits from the game that are actually like hint towards it and everything like yeah it's that big a game you know a little letter I don't think on any the way of us... to the last boss is easy to miss well, exactly right <laughs> I don't think any of us were like oh Breath of the Wild's totally getting a sequel like mm. just based on that knowledge but and, and especially knowing that just like sort of looking at this concept art and the stuff in the trailer with Link's funky green hand and like the concept art of um, him having a morphing hand that immediately goes like they're just taking like all these really cool ideas they had for Breath of the Wild and they're actually putting them in. Mm. Well, it's, it sounds like a, a lot what, like what they're doing with Mario Galaxy Two, how they had so much ideas left from Mario Galaxy One that they made a new game off it. Yeah, they couldn't implement it in the first game, and they said, you know, Miyamoto's gone on record saying we've had so much more ideas we could fit a whole new game, and it seems like sort of the ideas have had for this. Yeah, they're rolling with that too. Yeah, exactly right. Because, like, with Breath of the Wild, like, a lot of the development time would have been, like, making the world, doing, like, there's so much work in that. Now they've got that base, they can, like, really concentrate on the story and maybe some, like, bit more in-depth mechanics that they couldn't concentrate on the first, like, game. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah. And they're absolutely pumped for this game, man. Like, I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm going to play through Breath of the Wild again. At least pick it up again and just start exploring the world again. Oh yeah, for sure. I, like I've, I've already started. I was talking to Dash like last night. Dash has been full force. He's been playing it, and mm. I mean, oh, shit. Like it brings me so much joy that this game is getting a sequel. I did. I did mention it the other night. Um, actually, no, I mentioned it in the E3 wrap up article, also on dashgamer.com If you're ever interested, that um, it is my favorite launch title for a system ever. I mean, it's pretty easy, yeah. Mine too. <laughs> it, it is a it is a crazy launch title. Like it, it really. Well, it, it's that in Mario sixty four. That's what it's competing with, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You got you got melee on GameCube by two weeks. Doesn't count, but it almost got there. Almost got there. Uh, what else you got? Like you really don't have anything else. Like Wii Twilight Princess, but you know, I mean, Wii Sports. I spent a lot of time in Wii Sports. I, no, love Wii Sports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're kind of different games. Can't compare them. No. I can't say, hey, mum, play Breath of the Wild. She's like, oh my God, video games are great. Like, <laughs> like what happened with Wii Sports, but yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I thought, I remember with all the hype around Breath of the Wild in 2017, I'm like, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. I want to look back in two years and like, see, is the, is it, is, was it that good a game? And obviously you look back and like, you know, this can be improved, this can be improved, uh, that, but I still look at it as a 10 out of 10. It is amazing a game. Fantastic game. Like I said, I've never had a game where I'm like so excited to explore it. Yeah. I've never had that before. Where it's like, oh, you know, usually in big worlds, it's like, oh, there's so many check boxes to mark off and it's kind of anxiety inducing. It's like, oh. But in this, you just see something like, 
out of pure instinct. You're like, I need to go and see what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's... Like, what's that giant beam of light in the sky? Why is there a giant dragon over mm. there? Like, what the fuck? And that's why I never understand. People... A lot of criticism towards Breath of the Wild is the fact that this is... Oh, it's just an empty world. There's nothing to do in it. <laughs> I don't understand what game they played. No. Like, if you're in the middle of a field and you're like, there's trees there, there's mountains there, and behind me there's a village where I've just been to and there's like a shop in it. You're like, oh, there's nothing here. Like, you've got to be looking at it like real base value. But then you start going towards the mountain. You see something on the side. There's a big monster there that comes. You're like, shit, I can't beat him. So you run away from him. You see a shrine. He's like, oh, I'll mark it. I'll come back to it later. And you're like, it's just... There's a camp there. I'll take it out. They get the treasure chest. Like, there's just stuff going on all the time. Yeah. Why is there like Why is there like a circle of crates in a river, but then there's one crate adjacently off to the side, and then you use magnesis? Like you can't even see the goddamn crates because mm. they're underwater. You use magnesis, move this crate into the circle, and but ah, it's Korok seed. Yeah. Holy shit! Like what? Yeah. Brilliant game. Cannot wait for this sequel. Honestly, cannot no. wait. No. And I mean, it, it could be. You know, it, it could be less about the ex- exploration, like the big open world exploration of Hyrule and stuff like that, and become more of like a story-based game that people want or, you know, that that kind of thing. And you know what? It'd, it'd still be a great game as long as it does keep that nice open world. I'll keep it. I want it to keep that nice open yeah. world. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't, though, I'm, I'm not going to be depressed because honestly, like, I, I know I know the story gets panned a lot too, but there was, there was something completely different about, re- like, the retelling of Link's story through memories and stuff like that. Kind of, it did draw me to a bit of connection of like, I want to find out what happened to this Link. Mm. Like, uh, what, uh, what what happened to get to this point? I especially loved the last memory, the very last one you unlock. Like, obviously, spoilers if you haven't got all the memories, but you're just on this field, you're seeing all these guardians, you're like, I don't really know what's uh, what's going on here. You don't think about I didn't think about it too much. I'm just like, oh, I'm in this empty empty space and you go to the memory and you see that's where the war happened that's where the climax happened of all the guardians sort of coming and once and zelda stops them and it just deactivates them all and they all stop and that's sort of how it sort of started and ended yeah i'm like holy crap like wow then then the memory ends and you're like looking around you're like i've got a completely different context for this area now yeah yeah exactly and that's every little area of the game yeah so if you think there's nothing in that open world I'll say again, you didn't play the bloody game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really need to, you know, if if you picked up, I know that there's somebody, somebody literally at Woolworths. No joke. At Woolworths. Uh, yeah, at oh, Woolworths not, here, not. where I used to work, gave Jordan his copy of Breath of the Wild because he didn't like it. Because he didn't like it, and he's a big Zelda fan. It's like I didn't like it. You have to tell me off air. I have to go and drive to his house and throw a rock. <laughs> no joking, of course. Uh, and, I, and I was like, and I was like. But this it's so good. I'm like, I understand if you if you're that person that's just like, I really want a traditional Zelda story that started in like the 3D era, which was basically I played Ocarina of Time, and that's how I know what Zelda is. Mm. You know, um, I want to play the formula that's getting really, really dry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not. That's a scarlet sword. We're like, oh god, please, yeah, please <laughs> do something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like oh, this. You know, I don't even think he. I don't even think he finished it. I don't even think he did all the memories. Like, holy shit! There is a, there is a lot there if you're willing to go out and look for it. The problem the problem that was starting to become with Zelda was that you weren't going out and looking for it. It was just becoming a part of the thing you do. You know, so yeah. And I, I guess I can't, that's why I can't wait for the sequel. I can't wait to go out and look for more things. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, we're going to have a lot more conversations around this game for years to come. 
Uh, I've got lots of things I want to talk about, but this episode is going a bit long, so we'll wrap it up now. Yeah, Jesus. Um, any any more theories or anything you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Or That's pretty much it for now, but yeah, again, it's been five days. We'll probably talk about it more down the line as people pick out more stuff. Mm. Yeah. Get more trailers and all that type of thing. Oh, gonna, can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. Can't, can't wait. wait for it. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 103. Uh, if you'd like to contact us on Twitter or social medias or whatever it might be, I'm at iDruby. Bryce is at... Bryce? No. <laughs> yeah, we always get it wrong. Ivy Riven. Why'd you change it? You monster. I, I changed it because it fits with everything else that yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, yeah okay. it's The only thing is I forget. <laughs> That's exactly right. And you can find The House of Mario at The House of Mario. And if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe on your podcast player of choice and leave us a cheeky... Uh, was it five-star rating and all that fun stuff? No, it was a cheeky zero-star rating. Mate. Oh, don't do that. Oh, 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 don't... You had to think about it for a second. Jesus. No, I was going to say... I was going to say rating or review. It was like mixing up between those words. Right. And if you would like to uh, join our Discord community, there's an invite in the show notes below. And of course, we are a part of the 8-Bit Collective. 20 plus podcasters and 10 plus podcasts coming together to put awesome audio content in your ears. And Bryce, this week's Nintendo jukebox is Breath of the Wild by Groundbreaking. It's an awesome song. Sort of... With lyrics and everything based around Breath of the Wild. I thought it was fitting because we're ending the show with that. And uh, Bryce, with that, I hope you have a great week and we hear something about updates for Sword and Shield to oh. talk about next week. If not, well... Please, please! Yeah. I'm sorry for the negative Look, yeah. tone there, but it needed to happen. <sighs> I needed to vent it out. As I said, uh, every voice counts. Even ours. Even ours. Even our we're, we're small, but our voice counts too. You know? Mm, absolutely. All right, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode. Bye, guys. Everything is spinning out of control. My life is walking under a shadow. I don't know where to go. I'm locked inside a box, I threw away the key We look at ourselves in front of a mirror, wondering what we see We try to understand We try to break ourselves free But we're stuck in the cycle We've all been here a while, waiting to hear a breath of the wild What you gonna do when they make you choose? Take the path they made, or will you start anew? Pushing me down
let me out My soul was screaming inside a cage I can't contain this animalistic rage We've got to get free I've got to escape out of the cycle into the wild What you gonna do When they make you choose Take the path they made So come down, it's time to make your stand You're the hero, they're the villains, save and protect the land It all comes down to this, you're one shot, don't you miss And the cycle stop the evil free